Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome to The Broad Review. My name is Emily. I'm Tiffany. And here at The Broad Review, we review things. Uh, It could be anything we want to review. I've done food reviews. We've done movie reviews. Uh, We're going to get into books pretty soon. If you have any suggestions on things that you want us to review. uh, All of you. Yeah, all of mom. Hit us up on social media. Uh, and let us know what you like to review so we can thoroughly ignore them and just watch whatever we were going to watch <laughs> in the first place. Let's be honest. So what's life been like? How you doing? Good. Life has been good. Life is busy. Uh, picking up more work. That's fun. Uh, still trying to figure out having a cat on Prozac. That's super fun. Is uh, it working? The Prozac is working, but it's not working for her terri- territorialness. Oh, so it's not Which working is, the way that you wanted it to work. It's not working how I thought it would just solve all the problems. You just thought she was going to be zen and be like, yeah. oh my God, you guys, I'm sorry yeah. I was such a bitch before. Let's like, share our space. <laughs> I love this other cat. I love you now. Mm. That's not how it worked? No. We all shit. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, and I know that sounds completely fucking bonkers, but it takes up a good part of my day. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Cats are cats are our children. They are our children. Yes. Yeah. I the other night I was up, upset, and I was like, "What if these were humans? What if I had to lock a human child separate in a bedroom <laughs> and put it on medication?" I think that they <laughs> frown upon that, which is fr- <laughs> this is why. This is why this we is have why. cats. And not children. Yeah. You, yeah, you can't just lock a kid if you're like, you're bothering me because you're being too loud. Lock it in a room. We're all afraid of how you react to things lately. And also you shit on the floor. So Stop you're... shitting on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is My sick. motherly instincts are yeah. strong. Oh, and um, I already said I already said shit, so we're already past it. But oh, yeah, just the declaimer. fair warning that there's going to be swears and there's probably, I mean, I don't think we've gone through a single episode without talking about dicks at least once. I hope we don't this episode for reasons. Yeah, this would be an inappropriate <laughs> episode. To, no, I'm going to do it, actually. So... So uh, just forewarning, there's 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 uh, that. there's a, a little bit of sexual talk a little oh bit later. Oh my god, the Donner Party is scandalous. Oh, d- you have no idea. I'm so excited. I'm gonna have to read slash listen to this one. It's it's really okay. Good. Well, now you have to hold uh, hold yourselves in suspense. Yes, uh, all of you. So um, I go first. Yes. Yeah. All right. So We're doing horror. I um this was actually. A suggestion, but also it was something I was intending to see. Uh, My little baby cousin Brody messaged me and was like, I really want you guys to review us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am dying to see it. I had a gift card to the movies for my birthday. Um, So I was like, Justin, I'm buying tickets. We're going. Um, So we went last weekend and saw us. And I feel really weird saying that because it's such a short uh, <laughs> like uh, compact word. Us. us. We saw yeah. us. We saw <laughs> us. Yeah, it it doesn't feel so. I don't know how that's going to sound. It's going to sound terrible. Yeah. I'm going to sound like a snake hissing yeah. the whole time. Us. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I will preface this by saying that um, I love scary movies. I'm very selective and I'm very... I don't want to say snotty, but there's uh, something has happened to me in my old age where I'm very hard to scare. Oh. And it, 
Yeah, so I don't like uh, slashers. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay, it's gross. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Um, I don't like... uh, I usually try to stay away from the home invasion. This a little bit crossed the line. Emily's already scared. Um, Just the (laughs) mention of home invasion and I am scared. Just, oh, jeez. I try to stay away from it, but mm, this this one kind of blurs that line just a tiny bit. Zombie stuff, eh. Funny zombie stuff. Funny zombie stuff is fun. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, But there's been a couple movies that have come out in the past few years where it's like, oh, this is the scariest movie of all time. And I'm like, that was stupid. Like, maybe (laughs) I need to dial back my meds. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's I, I cry too much and I don't scare easily. So like, what's going on here? <laughs> this, is, this is weird. Um, so there's been movies, a couple movies in the past few years that have uh, um, have got gotten to me deeply. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was Creep by Mark Duplass. I think actually the Duplass brothers. Mm. Uh, and it was so scary to the point that Justin won't watch the second one with me and I won't watch it myself. It was so deeply disturbing, and I think it was because it was more of a uh, psychological right. thing. Uh, added in with jump scares. Added, oh, God, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> uh, you know, the Babadook was beautiful. It's a gay icon. Yes. The Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand how that happened. <laughs> well, do you know the story about why Babadook became a gay icon? No. So, uh, on Netflix, somehow... The Babadook got put under LGBTQ <laughs> movies, and it was like always any anytime you would see like the the you know the group of LGBTQ movies, the Babadook was like the first one, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And so then they oh kind of went God. with it, and so now it's is this who synonymous. was it um, in the Netflix queue whose hair was joining into the dis- oh Ariel Versace? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Love it. Um, yeah. So what was it? oh Hereditary? What? Also psychological. So, you know. Yeah, no, I saw the, the trailer for that and I got scared of the trailer. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't like it. Tony Collette. Holy shit, man. She, the faces she pulled in that movie. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously we saw Get Out. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I think it's classified as a horror movie. Um but it was just beautiful. So right. then as soon as the trailer came out for this, I was like, I am seeing us and us. <laughs> I'm going to love it no matter what. And um, so if you don't know about this, where have you been? First of all, <laughs> um, it is the second horror genre film. Do you say genre or genre? Genre. Genre. Like Some fancy Jean-Benet book. Ramsey. <laughs> Jean-Benet um, Ramsey. By Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. who has comedic roots, comedic acting roots, and writing roots. Um, I never really got into Key and Peele, uh, except for like the one skit that you and Bill made me watch. With the bitch one? Bitch. bitch. And I said, bitch. You said that, though? You said that. <laughs> I love I it. Lo- I still love it. It's still Did funny. you know that was their, like, the sketch on their first episode of Key and Peele? Oh, my God. I read that somewhere last week, and I'm like... They were fucking brilliant from the get-go. It was perfect. It was perfect. So Jordan Peele, he's he's been around the block. Also, um, he's married to one of my favorite humans in the world, Chelsea Peretti. 
He is? Yes! They have a How did baby. I not know that? Yeah. I know. Good for her. Good, Good for her. Yeah. Super. I don't remember when I found that out. I think I started following her on Instagram when we started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, she posted something about his, like, something about him being, like, his baby. And I was like, oh, my God, they're together. And <laughs> they have a child. And I love them. Okay. So let's see. Who else is in this movie? Uh, Lupita Nyong'o? I don't know why you're looking at me for that that pronunciation. Please help me pronounce that. Lupita, uh, who is one of the most beautiful human specimens I've ever seen. For real. Oh my God. She's perfect. And she was like sort of like mom dressed down in this movie. But still perfect. She still looks so fucking cool. Yeah. It's like I... Uh, no, I get mad at people like that a little bit, yeah. like unfairly, but like, I like, yeah, know, it's not fair to the rest of us that you look yeah. like that. Yeah, I can't wear mom shorts and look that cute. No, I look like a dumpy mid thirties <laughs> mom if I do that. I look like an actual mom. <laughs> I look like your neighbor that gives me dirty looks all the time. <laughs> they weren't out today, by the way. It's raining. <laughs> they weren't screaming in the street because it's raining. Um, so if you don't know Lupita, so beautiful. Wh- again, where have you been? Um, she was in Twelve Years a Slave, which mm. I didn't see. Um, Scott Fassbender. Oh, did you see it? Of course, I saw it. It's Scott Fassbender. Fassbender for that reason. Yeah, I just fast forwarded to that particular part and just stopped <laughs> watching it. No, it's it's good. It's a hard watch. It's one of those movies that's hard to watch a second time because it's it's, it's slavery. Raw. It's yeah. hard, but it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. Um, and Black Panther, of course. Which is on Netflix, by the way. I know. I've watched has it, it been on there for a while? Three times. Really? Yeah. I haven't watched it a second time yet. Um, so Winston Duke, who is a bear of a man, and I, I just want to like hug him <laughs> seven times, also in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't done a ton. He did have a, a multi-episode run on Person of Interest. I don't watch Person of Interest. Yeah, me neither. Um, but he's he's going to do great things. Yeah. Um, and maybe um, hug me one day. Um, and then the kids, uh, Shahadi Wright Joseph, who hasn't really done anything huge yet. She's a dancer. She was in a couple Broadway shows. She's the voice of Nala in the upcoming Lion oh, King adaption. Oh, cute. Um, Evan Alex literally hasn't been in anything. He plays the son. Um, he was in some sort of child web series and a movie. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it actually sounds kind of weird when you when I said it like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was in the movie Kidding with Jim Carrey that I know nothing about. And it's I'm a TV show. Is or is it, it a movie? I don't know. Is either a movie or TV show? I intended to watch it and it, really, yeah. Okay. Because it's, it's like it, it's like if Mr. Rogers like lost all of his family and was depressed and then still had to go be like happy on TV. Oh. Yeah, no, I did. Save that for next year when we do our annual crying episode. Right. Also, Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker have roles in this. Tim Heidecker, he's always a fucking gem in everything he's in. I actually don't watch this show. Tim and Eric's awesome. That Justin lives for that level of absurdity. We've I, seen them live. No. And it was fucking amazing. We saw oh them at the Paramount. God. And oh my God. Uh, Justin would John die. C. Riley was there. Oh my God. And and played uh, Steve, what is Steve Brule? Why does he gross me out so bad in that <laughs> role? I just, I, 
It's weird. It is weird. They make me feel so uncomfortable, which is Have you ever seen the, the whole Paul point. Rudd sketch from that? I don't know. All right. So everybody that's listening, please look up Tim and Eric Paul Rudd and watch that. And then after this, we will watch it because okay. it is one of my favorite things ever. Okay. I'm excited. Tane, nude Tane, nude. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's Paul Rudd. Um, yeah, he's, he's fucking funny in this. Elizabeth Moss, she's amazing in everything she does. Um, and then there's also a little girl named Madison Curry, um, who I immediately thought was the daughter of the basketball player, uh, Steph Curry, which none of those things are related. So I made up a whole story in my head. His there's daughter's like three. With the last name Curry? <laughs> Tim Curry. Tim Curry. <laughs> so, um, okay, there's two. <laughs> so not a ton of huge names in this, right? Lu- Lupita... Is, is probably the most well-known person For sure. um, in this. So I don't want to give away too much of the plot. A lot The plot is pretty well set up in the trailers. Um, so I'm not going to go through play-by-play play because the key part of the reason why this movie is happening is so cr- creepy, but also like... Oh, God, I don't know. Okay, we'll get there. All right. So after we turn this off, will you tell me about it? Because you know. Yes, I know you're not going to see it. I will never see it. Yes. Because I can't. No, I thought of you when I was watching it, and I was like, Emily would be dead right now. I would be pooping in my pants. Yeah. All of my pants. <laughs> so the way that they set up this this movie, um, it's... No, okay, I wrote down. It starts with a flashback. No, it doesn't. It does opening credits, which movies don't do opening credits anymore. Not so much. And Justin went to the bathroom and I was like, Justin, something's going to happen. There's opening credits happening. (laughs) And the opening credits set the tone for this to just keep you like in this like intense, like I'm ready for something fucking weird to happen because it's just it, it zoomed in on a single rabbit and then it slowly pans out and you see this wall of rabbits in cages. And it's playing like this intense score, which is super cool. And I meant to do some work researching that, but then um, I forgot. (laughs) Um, But so it just, it starts and you're just immediately like roped in like, what are the rabbits going to do? Why are there so many? What's behind them? Who's in the room with them? It just, it immediately puts you in like, all right, I got to pay attention. And Justin's in the bathroom and I'm like, Justin fucking rabbits you missed the goddamn you rabbits. Missed rabbits no you don't know what's no, going you on no you don't know that there are rabbits um i actually it was really long too so it was kind of like uncomfortable you know when oh. something goes on for too long and then you're like waiting for something else to happen you mean like the entire movie the favorite <laughs> you mean like that on that level of uncomfortableness <laughs> oh my god have you made bill watch it yet no he would hate it uh. I'll make he Justin would watch it. Hate it. I think I think Justin would appreciate the writing, like the dialogue, because it was so snappy. Snow color. Anyways, okay. So opens opening credits with this long, drawn out rabbit situation. Um, so then it starts with a flashback to 1986, and there's a little girl in her living room watching TV. Um, intentional shot of what she's watching, uh, with stacks of VHS and books on the side. There's your rain. There's the rain. There's the rain. Oh, the pitter-patter of rain. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to Seattle. Um, so 
I can't even tell you what's on the TV because that it is such a big part of the movie and it's so stupid that it's just, it's amazing. Okay, so flashback. And then it's the little girl's birthday and so her parents take her to the Santa Cruz Pier. Um, so old-timey pier mm-hmm. rides, carnival games. Um, I've actually never been to Santa Cruz and I was kind of bummed about it. No, not so much. Yeah. Um, so... You get the vibe that like her parents don't really get along. Her dad's drinking too much. And at one point she wanders off, um, goes to the Hall of Mirrors. Or it's actually like a old timey fun house. Mm-hmm. And she starts getting scared. And so she sees an exit sign, goes towards the exit sign, figures out she's in a Hall of Mirrors. So when she's trying to find her way out of there, that's where you see in the trailer. I'm not giving anything away right now. She sees herself. She sees a doppelganger. Exactly her. So what happens is they, the parents find her 15 minutes later. She has stopped talking because she's fucking traumatized. And they were like, honey, you were in a hall of mirrors. And she's like, everybody says that. Like, no, like this wasn't a mirror. It was like an actual, mm-hmm. please don't cry. Um, I'm getting upset. I'm scaring <laughs> Emily with this review. So... She stops talking. This child just literally like shuts down as one would. So they're like, well, you know, you got to get her to like convey her feelings through something. And so she becomes a dancer, a ballet dancer. Mm. Um, so that becomes important later on in the movie. So then we flash forward to present time. And it, uh, which is, it was kind of a weird juxtaposition. Like it, I don't know. It was like this traumatic thing is happening with this child. <gasps> Family vacation. Mm-hmm. So then you're uncomfortable again. Like you're just like, oh, Lord Jesus, what's happening? So um, then we see the family going on vacation. And it's the mom, the dad, the two kids, the son and the daughter. And they're going on vacation to the beaches of Santa Cruz. So Lupita, her character's name is Adelaide. She's like skeeved out the whole time. She's like... You know, it's it's the family home that they're going to, but she's like, I, uh, you know, I, you know, something bad happened here when I was a kid. Oh, she was a little girl. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Not giving away too much. Like, no. uh, it's pretty obvious. Um, so she, uh, she's totally like, oh god, this is a terrible place. Something bad is gonna happen. Um, you know, she's stressed about the kids the whole time. What have you? Uh, her husband, Jason Winston Duke, is just like upbeat, adorable, nerdy, lovable dad the whole time. He goes out and he buys like a broke ass boat mm. because he wanted to like imp- like impress his friends that they're going to see, uh, which was Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss. So he buys this stupid boat that like barely works. And he's just <laughs> so excited about it. And the way that he plays the role, he's just like this doofy dad. But he's so big and cute, and mm-hmm. he has, like, little nerdy glasses. Um, so he's trying to be, like, all upbeat. The daughter, I think, is, like, 14. She, uh, you know, she's being a 14-year-old. She's got her headphones in the whole time yeah. and whatever. Um, the little boy, Jason, uh, always wears a mask. Is it a chup- It's like a plastic halloween type mask. Werewolf? I want to say Chewbacca, but I don't think it was that yeah. branded. Um, and so he's, he has like this own thing and he's kind of like awkward and quiet and, you know, his sister just plays it off with like the other family's kids. Like, yeah, he's just like that. Like 
he's fine. He's just is kind of in his own little world. Yeah. Like this is what he does. So they go to, to the beach to meet the other family, uh, Tim and Liz. I forget what their names were. Not important. <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth Moss's character is just like drinking the fucking chilled white wine on the beach. And she's like, honey, it's time for my refill. And he's like, you ready for your third? And Adelaide is just like horrified. She's like, oh my God, this fucking basic bitch. <laughs> and she's like all chatty, you know, talking about how she was going to be an actress. And she, you know, I went to this acting school and blah, blah, blah. And Adelaide's just like super quiet, like, huh, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then she's like, are you okay? She's like, oh, you know, just a lot of family memories here. Like, no, this place isn't right. Something is wrong with Santa Cruz Beach. So then little son Jason goes missing on the beach. This is also in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanders off and he you see the funhouse and then uh, he sees a man Mm -hmm. standing with his arms outstretched Mm -hmm. bleeding. I feel so bad that I'm traumatizing you right now but it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, mom runs and grabs him. She doesn't see what he sees. So she doesn't know like, oh, something weird is going on She doesn't over see there. what he sees because it wasn't there? Or? No, it was there. Okay. It's just she was so like, as soon as she saw him, she grabbed him and, you know, okay. did the mom thing where she's yeah. like, yell happy, like, whoa, why'd you run away from me? Yeah. I don't know if you're, yeah. Um, so that happens, right? So they're setting it up like, okay, something's weird. Dad's trying to be super upbeat about it. Everybody else is normal on the beach, drinking wine on the beach. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's not fine. I know that everything's not fine. Yes. Um, So they go home. She's like, I want to go home. They go home. They get settled. They're starting to go um, get ready for bed. It's uh, 11 o'clock. And uh, she goes in the bedroom to talk to her son to be like, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but like, you know, I'm always going to be here for you. Like, gives him, like, this big mom talk, and it's super, super sweet. Uh, and then let's see what happens. At some point, mom and dad are talking, and then one of the kids comes out and says, there's a family in our driveway. And they're like, yeah, right, sure. It's probably just somebody passing by. And that's the shot with the family. Yeah. Holding hands that is going to be iconic for fucking years. <laughs> And it's so obvious that it's them because it's... Yeah, you can see the outline. Giant dad. And then, you know, Lupita's tiny. Her and her daughter are almost the same height. Um, They are wearing red jumpsuits, um, like cotton jumpsuits. Imagine like a prisoner jumpsuit, but but it's red. They're cropped at the bottom. They're wearing Jesus sandals, like Tevas. Like strappy Tevas? Like leather Tevas? Not leather. And not like the old school ones that just go over the toe and around the ankle. They're like a little bit more strappy than that. I thought that... I'll look it up. <laughs> I actually didn't look up like what, the, why those sandals? <laughs> um, they're wearing one glove, an open finger leather Everybody, glove. all of them. Yes. And they're all holding a pair of gold scissors, which I really want a pair of gold scissors now. So dad does the thing where, he, you know, he's like, goes out with a baseball bat and he's like, yo, get out, blah, 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 whatever, you know, get off my lawn. And they're just like motionless, soundless. And he goes back in. She calls the cops. And then, you know, he goes out again and then they start walking towards him. And that's the scene in the trailers mm-hmm. where the kids scamper off like fucking creatures. Yes. And they like try that. and get in the house. So... 
I'm going to go as far as talk about the, their first scene together. And I, I don't think it's going to give too. I'm not going to give away what she tells her. But they end up getting in the house. Um, and they're all sitting across from each other. Family's on the couch. Um, they're called their doppelgangers in these red jumpsuits are sitting across from them with the fireplace behind them. So it's just like this beautiful shot. Um, so you have beautiful Lupita and then you have doppelganger Lupita. Who's scary. Who is one of the scariest horror characters. Oh my God. I was going to try and do the voice, but I like <laughs> legitimately think you're going to cry. Yeah, please don't. She has um, this voice and I, I read about uh, how they like pulled it out of her, like for, of somebody who hasn't spoken in years. And so it's like very raspy and forced. And the other family members don't talk. They so just it's only her. She's the only one that makes words. The other family members just like make noises, oh, very that's animalistic great. That's noises. Great. And the way she communicates with them is by making noises and hand signals. And uh, one of her hand signals slash noise combinations that she makes is like the sound that I make when I'm trying to like get the cat's attention. You know, the. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I just, no, no. Oh, but no. it was, but imagine that like in like scary fucking voice. You, you so... doing it right here in front of me scared me. So we never, is that, do you do that to Jinx? Not in a scary way. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Um. So this scene is, first of all, everybody, everybody, the people I follow on Twitter are talking about how this is like an Academy Award nominating moment for her. And I agree. Um, The duality of mom her and doppelganger her was so striking and so alarming. And once dad has his moment out in the front yard, that was his one moment to be the dad in charge. She's now in charge. Nice. Because it's her doppelganger talking directly to her, right? So, you know, the doppelganger tells a story, where they're from, what they're doing. I'll tell you when we when we get out when we get out of here, because I don't want to ruin the movie for right. uh, people who do want to see it. Uh, your mom. Um, <laughs> My mom's not gonna see it. <laughs> but there's one line that is so important and it's so important to some of the like supposed themes of the movie um and i can't remember who said like who are you or what are you and lupita scary lupita who goes by red she says i'm not gonna do the voice because you're gonna cry Don't. she says we're americans and it was the scariest thing that's ever happened in my life like i wanted to cry the way it came out of her mouth I'm, I have like ringing in my ear right now because I don't like it. It was <laughs> a fucking iconic horror movie moment with like perfect delivery. Uh, scary fucking Lupita. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who's still, you know, she had some like bags under her eyes and stuff, but her skin was still yeah, pretty still fucking really pretty. flawless. <laughs> so that scene was so intense, but so like beautiful for the genre that I you know it was a lot it seemed like a lot of talking and there's a lot of talking later on in the film mm-hmm. that happens too but it it needed that level of explaining I guess if it didn't have that level of explaining they probably would have been a lot more pissed off people um so the rest of the movie is them basically trying to escape their doppelgangers because they're trying to kill them for reasons 
um, eventually when they're, you know, they're running around town finding things out, they find out it's not just them. <laughs> it's the entire fucking United States. <gasps> I don't know, and I didn't look to see if it was global, but it did end up being the entire United States. Again, for reasons. <laughs> but so, you know, at first it's like, oh, there's zombies or whatever. And it's like, no, Jordan Peele managed to make a scarier fucking concept than zombies, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God. It, it, <laughs> it was just brilliant. Like, it was one of the smartest setups. Nobody has done this before. Mm-mm. People have probably done this before. I, there's probably been movies about doppelgangers. Not like this. Yeah. Not, not like this. Never have seen it. Never wanted to see it. I, I have to watch this movie again. I have to yeah. watch this movie like nine more times. That's most of the people who have seen it. They're like, it, it's not one of those movies you can watch once and then never see yeah. it again. You have to almost immediately watch it again. Yes. Yeah. As soon as I started reading about it, I was like, fuck, I missed that too. Um. So, I did immediately go home and read about it. I have a lot of downtime when I'm mm-hmm. sitting doing cat socialization (laughs) things and I'm usually on my phone so I was like I'm gonna look up theories it was like too many for my brain to wrap around like but basically Jordan Peele is a genius um very uh Kubrick-esque if Mm. you will Mm. um so every single thing that he did was intentional there wasn't one thing that was just a coincidence it wasn't, uh, oh God, coincidence is one of the fucking themes in it. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, um, everything is intentional. So the first article that I read that was like all the Easter eggs in it, I was like, my God. Yeah. People don't, people don't do that when they make horror movies anymore. They're just like, let's be as disgusting and yes. scary as we possibly can. Let's pull can. off people's fingernails yeah. and shit like that. But he's like, no, let's, um, let's use some Michael Jackson uh, Easter eggs and imagery and talk about that theme and how Michael Jackson was basically not talk about that theme but insinuate that theme Michael Jackson represents duality right mm-hmm. uh, in several ways <laughs> we won't get too far into that <laughs> but there's a Michael Jackson t-shirt there's the red jumpsuit there's the one glove there's uh, a scene later on in the movie, which has also been in the trailers, a little boy in front of the fire with his arms outstretched, yeah, like, when the whole time I was like, it's a fucking Michael Jackson. Uh, so, you know, there, that that was likely very intentional. And since uh, the movie started in the mid-80s, you know, yeah, um, some thriller came out, all this stuff. Um, there is a huge biblical reference in the movie, uh, Jeremiah 11.11, Uh, which I don't really care to go into too much. It's just that there was a homeless guy on the pier in 1986 that had a sign that said Jeremiah 1111. He's still there in Santa Cruz in the future. So 1111 becomes this thing. um, And the the biblical quote kind of gets into... uh, I don't know. I don't remember the actual quote, but it has something to do with worshiping false idols and that's very much something that, mm-hmm. you know, happens in this movie. They're talking to their Alexa, which is Ophelia, you know, things like that. Um, 11.11 is when the family appears on their driveway. Uh, yesterday morning, I looked at, to see what time it was, and it was 11.11, and I almost cried. <laughs> There's a Rufus Wainwright song 
called 1111. Is it about making a wish and being all sweet and lovely? Yeah. Or is it about Jeremiah 1111? No, it's not. It's a nice song. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to make a wish anymore. I'm just going to like wish that <laughs> I don't have a doppelganger. <laughs> like, God, I don't have a fucking doppelganger. Um, rabbits, of course, are a huge yeah. symbol. Um, they have a purpose in the movie, but they also represent rebirth, um, things like that. Uh, there are things, the color red is a recurring theme. Uh, some people think that us is actually United States, U.S., which oh, is a huge yeah. theme. Uh, a lot of socioeconomic things going on, um, some racial things. Um, so tons of imagery and things, and I probably missed half of it. So I need to watch it again and again and What's again. What's interesting is like... I'm going to go nuts. I haven't seen it, but... My YouTube recommendations are what the ending of us really meant. All the Easter eggs. It's just like so many videos and so many like really like big name YouTubers that have like ripped it apart. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you could just watch it and be happy with it. But you were like, no, Mm -hmm. I got to know like what the, what was he thinking? Because he didn't just do this and say, this is this movie. Like it is. It is a deep fucking dive. Which horror movies don't usually make you do. No. Right. So I thought that that was really interesting. Um, And he's been very vocal about things in interviews. Like, yeah, this is what it was about. Or this is why we did this. Um, I also, it would be awful if I did not mention his use of music. um, Because I got five on it in the trailer. Yeah. And then that creepy fucking remix. Yeah, I don't like it. Which has one of the most beautiful moments in the movie. Um, Adelaide was a ballet dancer, and they mm-hmm. show her uh, doing her ballet performance, like her flashing back to it. But they use the remix track over it. So basically, she's like, this little Madison Curry is doing ballet to uh, I Got Five on It, the creepy remix. <laughs> but it's so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> what it's just it is so cool um there was also a beach boys moment which was really funny um good vibrations so such such, such good quality oh music so my, much better than Alanis Morissette my husband brought out his record player oh, we listen to the beach boys <laughs> fuck um, you Karen I'm still mad at you Goddamn fucking Karen uh good vibrations and it was you know juxtaposed over a very gruesome moment so uh, it was funny. And then somehow, fuck the police comes on. Yeah. Oh, because they're, they're using their Alexa type thing. Uh-huh. And they're like, Alexa, call the police. And it starts blasting the fuck the police, uh, which also symbolism. Time out. I just want to make sure that my Alexa didn't just do that. Oh, my God. You said that. <laughs> Alexa, what you doing? Sorry. I didn't know that one. Okay. Not doing okay. I just want to make you know sure why? That- because, uh, she- she dumb. She is dumb. She's dumb. Oh my god! Remember that time when I accidentally called the police? <laughs> Jesus Christ! We're just doing a podcast. Um, I'm sorry. We're just, we're just. Oh yeah. Did you, did you say <laughs> fuck the police? Yeah, but it was about a movie. We were talking about a movie. Yeah, we were we talking were, about you. You're totally talking about a movie. Uh, yeah. So 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 much to unpack. It did not scare the pants off me Mm -hmm. like I wanted it to like I want scary movies to fucking wreck me for some reason because I have issues but there definitely were moments where I was like that is one of 
the creepiest things I have ever seen. Um, and I don't know if maybe the, sm- the smartness of it takes away from that, right? Because mm-hmm. there's like, there's actually value in it. There's value in the scariness and like, you know, there's meaning yes. behind it. And I don't know if, um, I sound like such a fucking pretentious, like, oh, I like scary. my horror it's movies. Smart. I like my horror <laughs> movies to have meaning. Like if you're going to kill somebody. Why, why just, just show me? Yeah. Let me get out my record player and uh, listen to the Beach Boys. But I don't know. It, it was excellent. It was beautiful. It, it, it was fucking genius. Um, everybody was worried about the sophomore slump. No, didn't happen. No. Didn't happen. He, I hope that Jordan continues to do this. Um, he did receive some backlash f- for no, uh, he said he, uh, let me guess. Let me just yeah. throw this up. Was it from white people? Yeah. Oh my God. Karen. Big fucking surprise. It was from Karen and her husband, Bruce. You know, Karen and Bruce have been in horror films since the beginning of time. God damn it. And y'all can't be in everything. And he's a black producer and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's his goddamn movie. And you know what? They were so good. Also, we... It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm sure that there are... You said that there are obviously racial themes in this movie. Yes. A bunch of white people. Yeah. It's not the same movie. Right. Yeah, you stupid can't, assholes. Yeah, you can't do that. Um, God, white people ruin everything. One thing, and uh, this was just intentional from the storyline, the way that it was set up, but I liked that the lead was a female. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. Um, you know, the dad was kind of a little bit of an afterthought. Um, so I was like, fuck yeah, woman, yeah. woman power. Um, so I'm going to stop rambling about it. Because it, it easily turns into rambling when you're not telling the whole story, <laughs> which I'm dying to tell you because you're going to cry. Um, so I am going to rate us uh, four out of five golden scissors. I like it. <laughs> us. 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 United States. Is this about the United? Yeah. Yeah. No, fuck yeah. It's about the United States. I'm sorry I can't ever see it. It's okay. If one day you get over that, never, you know, never, never going to no. say it. Yeah. No. Oh, I'll never man. get over that. You're missing out on the elevated horror genre. The elevated horror. That's, yeah. I've heard a lot of talk about that, like, with Hereditary, that it's now, because our, uh, you know, life is so fucking terrible, <laughs> it, can't, it can't just be slasher films anymore, it like the 80s. Yeah. It has to be an elevated type of, that is, like... This is what's going on in real life, and this is why it's scarier than anything that you can imagine. Because things that were scary in the 80s happen all the fucking time now. So Hereditary was terrifying, but I wasn't Googling it immediately. Um, You know. Good for Jordan Peele. Good for him. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, so... That was that's my my us review, and I'm sorry that I scared you. No, it's okay. And uh, now uh, <laughs> I'll no. get to, I'll get to hear the rest. Speaking of, it of in other a scary bit. things, so what we're gonna talk going about on? real life horror. Yes. Uh, so I talked about this at the end of last week's podcast that um, this book had been recommended to me by a YouTuber that I watch. Again, ask a mortician. Watch all our videos. They are brilliant. She is brilliant. She's wonderful to listen to. You know I'm bad at web series. And She's I really don't good. understand that. She, I don't and, know and why her, I'm so bad about it. The other thing I like about her videos is they are not 
two and a half hours long. They're short. She okay. does the subject. She does it quick. She does it thoroughly. She's great. Hmm. So she uh, recommended this book, and she kind of did her own little tour of the trail of the Donner Party. So the book that I am listening to currently still is called The Indifferent Stars Above, The Harrowing Saga of the Donner Party. It's interesting because if you look up that book, it has an alternative title that is The Harrowing Saga of a Donner Party Bride. <laughs> so I don't know when that title got changed or what. So huh. I, I just saw that and I'm like, I don't fucking understand that. The author's name is Daniel James Brown. Not James Brown, but Daniel James Brown. <laughs> Not actual James Brown. <laughs> Not James Brown. Um, and I am currently listening to the book and it is narrated by Michael Pritchard, who I was like, this I've heard this guy's voice before and I looked it up and he's done like a thousand book narrations. Oh, so okay. it's very likely you've heard him do. Um, he pretty much does like all the Michael Clancy books. Uh, he does a lot of book narrations. So How many hours is it? Um, ten. Oh, a little over ten. It's not terribly long, but I the reason that it is... I'm going to do something for the first time we've ever done in the broad review where I have to break my review up into two separate reviews because I'm not done with it because I couldn't listen to it without constantly stopping and looking things up. I love that. So it's taking me like five times as long and uh, so far I'm I'm fully into it and like every time we have dinner or every time I get a chance to talk to Bill I was like oh and then this thing happened. <laughs> oh and he's like I don't fucking care about this. This is I, this I love it. Oh god so I love doing I can't, that. I can't get enough of it and so what do you tell me your basic knowledge of what do you think when you hear the Donner Party? Uh, people that were traveling out west mm-hmm. and got caught in a snowstorm and had to eat each other to survive. Yes. So that's what, when we, you know, learn about it in history class, that's mostly what you learn. Yeah, that's, yeah. This is, that's, this these people, they got snuck in a snowstorm and had to eat each other. This book examines everything that led up to that point. Like, from the day they left to, you know, the end when they all, you know, eventually get to Cal... Not all. When some of them get to California. And it examines it in, like, precise, specific details. He looked up diary entries. Like, he went ham on this. Interesting. To not leave any stone unturned. Because he felt that in history, the Donner Party has kind of a a horror vibe to it. Like it almost has like a, a, a tabloid style story to it. You just think, oh, you know, the people like were like, hmm, I only had breakfast today. Let's fucking eat each other. Like, <laughs> like the, what it's very misrepresented. It is misrepresented. Yeah. And it is the story of a group of people who literally had every bad thing that could happen to a person happen to them. Oh God. All of it. Every bad thing, every wrong turn, everything that they had. And in the end, it turns out that it really wasn't their fault. So what this specific is, this specific story is he follows the whole Donner Party, but is focusing most on Sarah Graves. Sarah Graves was 21 years old when she was part of that journey. She was an old maid by then. Yeah, she what was. What year was this? This was uh, 1842. Oh, yeah, wow. Um, grandma. 1845, <laughs> I lied. She is a grandma. So she's 21. Uh, she's from Illinois. Her families are all, they're farmers. 
and um, they want to leave Illinois to go out west to California because mm-hmm. they've heard about California. Um, she is dealing with the fact that she's in love with a man, which in the 1840s, you don't usually marry for love. Right. You marry because your dad sold you. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm, I, again, am surprised that she's not yes. married. So she wasn't married at 21. And a mother of four yet. She was in love. His name was Jay Fostick. Ooh. <laughs> and um, so she has to decide, does she stay with Jay in Illinois? And oh, then, he doesn't want to go to California. He he has family, you know, he has to help his father because oh. he's a son. Um, and, or so does she stay with Jay and then never see her family again? Or travel with them and never see a man who she actually loves and wants to marry. So in early April, her family was preparing to leave. Um, They were leaving for a few different reasons. So they were farmers. They were wheat farmers. The wheat growing in Illinois was fine, but they were told that California was much better because of the climate. Um, They also, they had something happen to them every spring that they would call the Illinois Shakes. Every spring, they would get fevers. They would get uh, diarrhea. They uh, would have uncontrollable shaking. What? And then eventually, you know, they would just get over it. And they were like, yeah, that's just the Illinois shake. Sometimes people would die of it very rarely. Turns out it was fucking malaria. Oh, my God. And, you know, they didn't know when it was start- When you started, I was like, oh, they had allergies. No, you it was malaria. when you have allergies. It was malaria. So, they, you know, they were like, okay, we'll go to California where maybe we won't get the Illinois shakes. Because they don't, we we don't hear about the California shakes. Because nobody has brought malaria to no. California yet. And, I, you know, he, he goes into that it's not the same kind of malaria that we think of, like, in Africa that kills many people. This is a kind of, like, milder version of the parasite that... Still can kill people, but it's actually just more invasive than anything. Minor but malaria. Like, I love that they were just like, yeah, it happens. Just a little bout of malaria every yeah. spring. It's no big deal. So Influenza. They, they are leaving because California has better climate, better soil. Shitting themselves. No malaria. Um, and they find out about this glorious place called California in a book called The Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California by a guy named Lansford W. Hastings. Did you say immigrants? Emigrants. 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 And it turns out that in this story of the Donner Party, there's only one villain, and it's fucking Lansford W. Hastings. Yeah. The writer of this book. So in this book, he talks about California and how wonderful it is and how great it is, but he didn't sort of go into the fact that California wasn't in America. It was owned by Mexico. And to emigrate to California, you had to get immigration status under the Mexican government. Not just like go there and, you know, put your shit down. But that's what people did. And so I find it ironic that the first illegal immigrants in California were Americans. Uh. So he doesn't go into that. He also um, mentions a faster way to get there. So people had been taking the Oregon Trail for, you know, years, and it was a a well-known way to go. It's the way that you go. May I... uh, um, Are we talking like North, like Sacramento area? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you could... Go one way and go to Oregon, which is where most people went, or you could go this other way and go down to California into the Sacramento area. Okay. So he's talking about how California is preferable. 
And if you leave a little bit late, I got some, I got some tips for you. It's a cutoff called the Hastings cutoff. And this is a cutoff that's going to save you so much time. And so even if you're leaving a little bit later, it's totally cool. You got to take this way and it's going to save you some time. Remember that. Remember that. So they leave on April 12th and they leave the day after that she and Jay got married. Jay decides to go with. Oh. So he makes a last minute decision. I want to be with you. We're going to go with. We will drive one of the wagons that your family is taking with. Um, And so he's coming with her. So they left in three wagons. Um, her dad and mom and some kids were in the first one. Her and Jay were in the second one. And then some dude that they hired, I don't remember his name, was in the third. So while all this is happening, the villain, Lansford Hastings, and John Sutter, who is a very famous name, mm-hmm. um, you know, in history. Um, John Sutter wanted people to go to the Sacramento area. Right. Because he had a fort there. And he wanted people to go there instead of Oregon because he wanted their money. And he wanted a bigger force to be able to take over California from the Mexican government. Jesus Christ. So he is kind of like, dude, Lansford, go intercept all of these people that are coming at the end of this and make sure they're coming to California and not going to Oregon. So coming into this different country. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted them in California. So they... The pioneers, they're getting advice from people who have traveled mm-hmm. the path. When they stop at places, they're, you know, oh, have you gone this way? Have you gone this way? Uh, but this book was one of the main reasons that Sarah's father wanted to go to California and take this shortcut because he knew they were leaving a little bit later than they were supposed to. So the Hastings cutoff itself, it was something that Hastings had never actually taken himself. When he wrote the book. He never actually traveled it. Oh, God. The only people who had traveled it were hardcore, single rider travelers who had traveled it on horseback, did not have wagons with them, did not have families with them. And even they were like, shit, this is hard. This is not recommended. Don't do this unless you are by yourself and you are up for a fucking challenge. Oh, Um, no. But he would make sure that that information was quashed and that they didn't find out about that information. Oh my God. Um, So the first part, it went through a mountain range that had no trails. And the second part, it went across the Great Salt Lake Desert, which had no water and no grass. So he eventually decided to go back and intercept some of these immigrant groups. And he led a group of 60 to 75 wagons through the cutoff successfully. Exactly a week before the Donner Party did the same thing. Oh my God. If they would have been part of that big group, they would have survived and they would not have had to eat each other. So that you might get to this. The Donner Party was just the family. I will get to that. Okay. How they connected to be more than just... Right now we're just at the Graves family. Okay. So we haven't even met the Donners yet. Okay. Um... So the cutoff was supposed to save hundreds of miles and many weeks, which is what was appealing to the people who left a little bit later. So the the Graves family traveled to St. Joseph, Missouri uh, for supplies. When the author goes into describing the supplies, I'm like, this is the start screen of the game Oregon Trail. (laughs) Like, it's exactly the same. But like, he goes into such detail, like describing all of the supplies and how much they needed to bring and why they would bring this and not that. And either, you know, they bring a lot and have supplies or 
and then they have to walk because their oxen get too tired. So it was like, I'm playing Oregon Trail right now. <laughs> um, so it is in St. Joseph that we are introduced to some of the other groups. Okay. Um, the three main families, we have the Graves family. Um, we're introduced to the Reed family, who are a wealthy family. They brought servants. They brought cooks. They had a luxury wagon that he described in great detail. And then we have George and Jacob Donner, which is where the namesake comes from. Um, their brothers, their their families, uh, they're both very well, both of the Donner men are very respected men. Um, kind of, while the Graves family are very outdoorsy and they can handle their shit, the Reed family are not at all and they're wealthy. The Donners were kind of a little bit of both. Okay. And very well trusted. All right. Um, <laughs> George Donner's wife, Tam, the author pronounced it Tamzine. I think it's Tamzin, but whatever. Um, Tams. She has been described, and I looked it up, in everything that was written about her as not very pretty. <laughs> like, they point out, if nothing else about her is like, I'm going to Google this. She ugly. <laughs> Tamsin. So, <laughs> it's important that we all know how ugly she was. Why Why would you mention that? I Jesus know. Christ. I it's don't everywhere. Know. Fucking misogyny everywhere. Any, and you think about it, people in like the 1800s, none of them were pretty, so oh she God. had to be real ugly. <laughs> okay, so I typed in Tamsin. Yeah. The first, the series suggested website is Tamsin Donner Band. Is how band? dare you? <laughs> So ugly. Um, the Donners and the Reeds were together in a caravan, and they left Missouri a few days before the Graves arrived, so we weren't fully met up with them yet. I feel like everybody looked like this back then. I mean, she's a, she's a, she's a woman. She's a woman she's of a her time. Woman. Her name is uh, Tamsin Eustace. Tamsin. Um, so the the biggest advice that they were getting when they were getting supplies is. For the love of God, the number one advice that we can give you is you cannot leave after the 1st of May because you're going to get stuck in the winter if you leave after the 1st of May. Don't leave after the 1st of May. How long is this journey expected to take? Um, Obviously longer if than... If they leave in spring, they are supposed to get there in late fall. Okay. Months. But if they leave the 1st of May, they're pushing it. They're pushing it. But then their rebuttal is, well, but what if we take the Hastings cutoff? To which they are hearing, Jesus Christ, don't take that. That's a terrible idea. Don't do that. So what they do, um, what Hastings starts doing when he starts hearing that there are people at these forts saying not to take the cutoff, is he starts sending personalized letters to these immigrant caravans being like, hey, Hey, guys. Hey, this is Hastings. It's me. Um, I know I'm a bit of a celebrity, uh, probably because of my cutoff. You should take it. Totally take it. Take it, take it, take it. Because then we can go to California, and I'll be in California together, and I'll meet you, and I'll shake your hand. So he starts sending letters back, being like, yeah, take the cutoff. Oh, my God. What a snake. People who are, like, at these forts are like, no, don't. And then they're getting letters from basically a celebrity saying, no, totally. It's totally safe. I just did it. Like, come on. You can do it. Um, so they're, they left it the end of May. The end? <laughs> the end of May. So they needed to take the cutoff to That's save themselves fault. weeks 
of time. Why did, why, why? The wedding? Was it the wedding planning? No, they just were slow. I don't know why they wait. They, well, they got off late. So, so these, the Donners, <laughs> the Reeds, and the Graves are all a little behind. They still have not fully met up yet, but they're all running behind. So they go from St. Joe to Fort Laramie. Um, it rained constantly the whole time. So it was muddy. Mm. Their animals were tired. They were all tired. They hadn't even started the fucking journey yet. This was just from one safe place to another safe place. So their animals are already starting to get tired. So in Fort Laramie, the last place to get supplies, kept expressing concern about taking the the cutoff. There were guys that had taken the cutoff that were like, don't do this. They were sending letters back. The guy at Fort Laramie crumpled them up and threw them away. (gasps) So a final decision was made because Hastings was sending these letters back being like, dude, let's meet up. Let's hang out. Final decision was made by the Donner Reed party that, yeah, we're going to go meet up with Hastings and and we're going to all go together. Um, And it was this point that the Graves family met up with them. So we have the Donners. The Reeds and the Graves, and then an assorted assortment of others. Okay. So we have a total of 87 people on 60 to 80 wagons to begin with. Jesus Christ. So this is a long, it's a big group. Yeah, when you were like, this family, I was thinking like 32 No, because a lot of people have nine kids. True. Kids, old people. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, no, Grandma doesn't get to go. No. Oh, Grandma went. (laughs) Grandma went. So they get to the cutoff. And it takes them about a day to realize this was not what was promised. Because there's no trail. There are boulders. There are trees that they have to cut down and move to be able to get their wagons through. So they start getting a little bit angry at Hastings and also Reed, who was the one that was pushing for this the most. Everybody else was kind of meh about it, but Reed was like, no, as a rich man, I'm going to suggest that we go this way. Just because he, he thought that he was right. Of course. So it was something that was passable for wagons, mm. or for single riders, but not for wagons. Um, and Reed, for some reason, trusted Hastings. I don't have any idea why. So they went through, the first part of the cutoff went through the Wasatch Mountains. Um, it took them two weeks to get through a mountain pass, which was a long time. Um, and as they're going, they're getting more and more pissed at Reed and more and more pissed at Hastings for putting them through this. But it's not like they can turn around. Right. They have to keep going because the California's at the end of this. They have to keep going. Um, so after this huge, you know, taking their oxen up and down and up and down, everybody's tired, everybody's... Then they get to the Great Salt Lake Desert. Oh, my God. It was promised to be maximum two days ride, 40 miles long. It's actually 80 miles long and took them six fucking days. Six days across a salt desert with no water and no grass. So the oxen are dying left and right. The horses are dying left and right, but it's not, they can't stop. Yeah. Because they need to get to somewhere where, so they run, they're, they're running out of water. Um, so it, it was a nightmare, a fucking nightmare. So they get to the end of the cutoff. It delayed them 
It was supposed to save them hundreds of miles. It delayed them over a month. Over a month longer than if they would have just taken the regular route. And that's because of the lies that he made up about Because of the fucking lies. He was like, I didn't measure, but I think it's like 20 miles. The thing is, he had never, when he wrote that, he had never taken it. He didn't know. He had never taken it. But when he was writing the letters to them, he wasn't like, oh, P.S. No. By the way, no, uh, it's eighty miles. No, he wasn't at all. We've and like on. they described, like having they were having hallucinations, like crazy because they were all dehydrated and like the Salt Lake Desert was just white. Yeah, it's white everywhere. It's just salt. Um, so it's at this point that Reed uh, gets banished. Um, at some they, there's there's con- conflicting tales about what actually happened with this, but. At some, like, the oxen get tangled with each other. Like, his and another team's get tangled with each other. And there's a, a scuffle. And he ends up stabbing one of the most popular travelers that are traveling with them. A guy who has always been very helpful and is well-liked. He ends up stabbing him in the scuffle. And so they're like, we're either going to hang you in front of your family or you can leave right now on your horse, and that's all. You don't get any supplies. You fucking go. What? So he goes. Now we start to figure out how hard it is for women on this because his family didn't go with him. He had family and several kids that he had to leave behind. When a man either dies or gets banished because he stabbed somebody, the woman has to take over all of the duties that he did, plus all of the duties that she already needed to do. Oh, So his Lord. poor wife had... Was she ugly? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, she And she's also wealthy. So she's she's never had to do some of this shit in her entire life because she's always been affluent and... What happened to the servant? <laughs> oh, they were still there. They but were just hallucinating because they, just, they yeah. got water last. Um, so the other thing is... You have, let's say you have nine kids with you. If you're having to do all of your duties, plus all of your husband's duties, you can't watch your kids. No. So um, they were talking about all the ways the kids died. Um, diseases, obviously. Well, that malaria um, that malaria. they're just bringing on <laughs> um, over. They were very commonly crushed under wheels. Jesus Christ. Or by animals. Um, accidentally shot by these, you know, old-timey rifles that will just go off if you look at them wrong. Um, most often was drowning. Anytime that they forded the river, one kid would just float the fuck away (laughs) and drown um, to the point where they started sewing their names into their their outfits. So if they found them downriver, they would be able to identify the bloated corpse of their children. Oh my God. Nuts. Um, You either, you work and provide for your family or you get left behind because you can rely on this strangers that are there with you or you know the people who are on they have their families to worry about yeah. so if they give you food that's less food for their family yeah so kindness only goes so far when you're in a situation like that um they also the book also goes into um sex on oh my god the trail now, I know that if I was in this situation, I'm not going to want to get down. I'm going to be so pissed that I'm not, there's none of that. But they were horny as fuck. Well, also, well, and I guess this was like the way of 
things were back then, but could you imagine how bad they fucking smelled? Oh, I have a I have a section on the smell. Oh god. Um so they still had sex on the trail. Um in the wagons, like in the in wagons, the in on the side of the road wherever they could. Um but they obviously did not want to get pregnant while they were on the trail because that a pregnant woman having to go through that, that's horrible. So they had all of these kind of birth control methods, like they used sponges. Um, they would douche with vinegar or baking soda or boric acid or mer- <laughs> or mercury or no. mercury. No, they were just poisoning themselves. Wait, um, can I, I don't. I've never understood the sponge thing. <laughs> I guess it's just it just it's like a block. It stops the spermies. But this is not like a na- like a now sponge. This is like a sponge that they made themselves from like whatever they had yuck mercury um so what i thought was really interesting he goes into that women didn't consider themselves pregnant on the trail until they felt the baby kicking and he theorized it was because they wanted to make abortion be something that they didn't have to feel bad about because they felt the symptoms of being pregnant the nausea the fact that they didn't get their period, and they attributed it to a blockage. You just gotta take a shit. Yeah, like a so, blockage. Uh, and so they, they wait till the baby's older. <laughs> so they wanted to have to get rid of the baby before it got to the point where it was kicking, where they felt like they were actually pregnant and no longer felt comfortable giving themselves abortions. So um, to do this, they would exercise heavily, they would aggressively ride horses, or they would just straight drink poison. Um, to get rid of the baby. So there were not very many babies. I have a face on right now. <laughs> Wait, poison? Yeah. They would drink it. Yeah. In their own mouth. Uh-huh. So it would make them miscarry. That's how much they didn't want to be pregnant but on that trail. If they would die? No. They would get real, real sick, but the baby would die. And then their blockage would be... That blockage. That blockage. That uterus blockage. My, my blocked period that's just yeah. waiting to come out. It's fucked up. Um, let's talk wow. about the smell. No. No, let's talk about the smell. You don't like scary movies. He I don't goes like into explicit detail Ew. on the smell. Um, Which is all from diaries? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So, Somebody's writing about their fucking well, neighbor Florence. Okay. Uh, I would too. So obviously there's not a lot of bathing. It's only no. when you have a river or a lake that you can stop in. Um, you're not so, washing your clothes. And there's no laundry. So you're talking maybe once a week if you're lucky. Um, but some people bathed as few as one time per year. How? I'm going to read this as a direct quote from the book. So you can understand how detailed oh. this book goes. They smelled not just of sweat, but also of urine and excrement, and menstrual blood, and yeast infections, and halitosis, and tooth decay. Jesus Christ! <laughs> They're, like, attracting fucking bears from all over the place. Yeah. Like, can you... And then, so that's another thing. Like, how could you have sex when you smelled like that? Ew. Ew. I guess Ew. if, like, you smell that bad, and he smells that bad. No, icky! And then, like, you, I mean, I'm sure the yeast infection thing was, I mean, when they're douching with mercury, 
You're going to give yourself a yeast infection. I don't even uh, know how uh, your uh, vagina comes back from having fucking mercury in it. Either. Why did they have mercury for douching They had a lot of things. On the tinctures and little yes, tinctures. They had a lot of things with them that were... Did uh, they not have essential oils? <laughs> they, no, they talked about essential oils a lot. They did have essential oh, oils. Yeah. So they, sometimes they put essential oils in up, up there. Ouch. Up there. Oh, they're very concentrated. Yes. <laughs> so... The smell, the description of the smell, it was, that's probably one of my favorite. I was, I was driving while I was listening to it and I like, I'm, I wonder if anybody near me could see my face. Cause I was like, oh, oh. God. So after oh. the shitty shortcut that they took. No, I want to shower. They, they needed to do one last push over the Sierra Nevada mountains through a pass. And now we get to them to California. What month are we in? October. Oh, it's fire season. It's October. Oh, wait, that wasn't happening yet. <laughs> that wasn't happening yet. So they they just had one last push. Then they're in California. There's movie stars. There's surfers. Life is great. Yeah, there's totally. That's totally sushi. what it's like in Sacramento. There's sushi. There's, uh, you know, the Golden State Killer. They're all there. <laughs> Everything's there. So they knew Shamu's there. They just Palm had trees. one last push to get over the mountains. So it's October 20th, and then it starts to snow. In October? And that's where I'm going to stop. Oh, my God. I'm so invested. So it's October. It has begun to snow. Wow. That's where we're going to stop. I will do the other half. When you finish the book next week. When I finish the book next week. Oh, my God. I'm totally going to add this to my reading list. one, and this is, by the way, this is not how... This book is separated out. It's not like it was like, and then it started to snow. That was just my dramatic dun, dun, dun. Um It is separated out and, you know, into pieces. Um, but my part one, I am going to give five out of five overly descriptive passages about body odor. I am <laughs> fully invested in this book. Uh, I'm obsessed with it. I am now obsessed with the story related to how... Just, it's a comedy of errors. How much shit has to go wrong for this stuff to happen? So many other families did this same kind of trail and just and yeah. got to California fine, but these people were so incredibly fucked from the get-go. Jesus. It, it's so good. So I will so finish up my other half of the review. Oh my God, I'm so week. excited. I am going to add this to my library list um, as soon as we're done. I would recommend that you read it. Okay. Um, the guy, the narrator's voice, I enjoy it, but it's a bit monotone for the subject for my tastes. And I think this is one of those books Can that I would prefer to read. Can you do a description of how he did? He said that line about the smell in his voice? <laughs> it was very monotone. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely it's, read it's, it. And I'm I'm excited to to finish it up and because we're I'm 200 pages in. No one's eating each other yet. Oh my god! No one's taking a bite. Oh, you're gonna want to eat smelly people. <laughs> this book and the way that it's told reminds me of a podcast that I posted about in our story last mm-hmm. night uh, called "You're Wrong About," um, and it basically they take. A story or, a, you know, they did like Satanic Panic. Mm-hmm. Um, they do like the obesity epidemic. But then they do shit like Terry Shiva, which is <laughs> totally what roped me into this podcast. Um, and they take their story and tell it how it should have been told originally. Right. Um, without like all of 
the like media flair behind it. So I'm imagining like that happening something like that happening where you have a 24-hour news cycle yeah. and it's just getting blown out of mega proportions. Well, I mean, that's what happened to the, to the people who survived the Donner Party after. It's like, cannibals! And like, yeah. these people ate each other. Oh my God, they're evil. And and it when really the villain was a guy who wrote a book. And they did it for money. And did it always, it's always for money. So these, I, oh. I feel so sorry for these poor people. And... You know, only a couple of them up to this point have died. Some of them from disease. Some of them from, uh, you know, the guy who got shot or Crush, stabbed. Crushed by it. Uh, crushed by it. So many kids. They don't Jesus. even mention the kid's name because they're just, they're they're disposable because so many of them got run over oh by a fucking animals. Um, That's why they had so many. But you know, I know it's coming and I know the key players are going to start dying because there's no possible way that, that they can survive. Oh. So the suspense. I'm so excited. Exciting. So the other thing that I'm planning on reviewing for next week is something that was brought to my attention. Um, Dairy Queen and KFC both currently released some sort of chicken and waffle situation as novelty <laughs> food items. You're so brave. <laughs> I'm so brave. Um, I don't, and at the risk of getting some people mad, I don't like chicken and waffles. Because I, when I want sweet, I want sweet. When I want savory, I want savory. I don't right. like to mix them. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do this even though I don't want to. Oh, my um, God. Your sacrifice is so, so pure. And I'm going to – I know who I think is going to be superior just because – You prefer Dairy Queen? No. I think that KFC will be superior just because KFC has more resources to make something like that. KFC, uh, Dairy Queen doesn't have a grill even. They, did you know that when they make their burgers, they're they microwave them. They don't grill them. Isn't it called Grill and Chill? <laughs> it's not DQ they don't, Grill they don't and have Chill. Grills. They have. Did I make that fryer. up? No, that's what it's called. They they don't deep fryer. They they have deep fryer and they have microwaves. So yeah, I'm sorry. Did I just ruin your life? Wait, but why do you need a grill? Isn't it crispy chicken? It is, but like. Uh, oh, you're just, just saying to, the, the quality. Yes, to show an example of how, like, KFC how has shitty. a full supply of kitchen utensils that they can use. Are you sure about food? <laughs> um, so oh I'm assuming God. that KFC is going to be the winner in this, but we will see. I feel like even when you get food poisoning from these trials, <laughs> you're still going to do it. Because, like, this podcast is a really good excuse for you to do it. It is. No, it's just giving me... because. Normally, like, I would only ever try Taco Bell stuff because I love it. Yeah. Um, but no, it, is, it has definitely made me broaden my horizons yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to eat at KFC. I'm sorry. But, like, if you could get me some mashed potatoes and gravy, I'll totally, All right. totally get down on that. All right, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> In college, I used to, there was a drive through one by my house. And I would drive through and I would get two biscuits, mashed potatoes and gravy. And I would dip the biscuits in the fucking mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. Both of their bis- both their biscuits and their mashed potatoes are really good. Also, their really coleslaw is weirdly good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, but I have Let's go to KFC again. <laughs> Do you want to go right what now? A, what's for family dinner? Let's go right KFC. now. KFC. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All righty. Um, well, make sure that you follow us on SoundCloud and also all of our social medias. Um, Tiffany, I don't want to tell you... Um, how to do your job, but it is Friday and I have not seen the oh Amy Sedaris uh, video oh, yet. Oh, because so. I have an idea. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to do that. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so Tiffany's very good at the social medias. Yeah. Uh, so follow us on all of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I have, um, I have a shout out and oh. it's, it's timely. It's important. 
Um, so uh, there has been news about our one true queen, Britney Spears. Hmm. Um, and I follow these girls on Twitter that have a podcast called Britney's Gram. And it's all about Britney Spears' Instagram posts. Oh, cute. And so they went into like panic mode yesterday. And they're really, really fucking funny. And I'm sure prior episodes are hilarious. I might yeah. go back and listen to some old ones. This one was really good and insightful and they have so much information and they're like genuinely worried about her safety and security and they refer to her being in captivity a lot. <laughs> um, so if you're a Britney Spears fan at all and if you follow Britney on the gram, you know that there was kind of a weird post yesterday. Yeah. Um, so listen to the podcast Britney's Gram. I found it on iTunes. I'm into uh, it. It's worth a listen for sure. I'm so that's my it. my timely shout out and uh, blessings to Britney. We love you. Oh, we love you, Brit. Love you. I'm, glad, okay. I'm glad that she's getting help this time. Yeah. It's important yeah. that she gets help because if she doesn't get help, yeah. things happen. Yeah. Yes. Head yeah, I, and stuff. Yeah. So go, go, go Brit. Go, go Brit. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So. That's my my final my final thought for today. So yeah, thanks for listening, mm-hmm. and we will be back next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, best wishes and warmest regards. Bye. Oh, bye bye. <laughs>